0: Hey, this is Alex. And you're tuned into the Market Adventures Podcast. I don't want to waste any of your time, so let's get right into this mind blowing interview with dividend master Morton Sorensen. But before we start, make sure you go on like the Market Adventures Twitter page at investingpod. Do it now and tweet me the name of your favorite dividend stock. Mine is T. Let's jump into the interview.
1: i and I've been interested in investing since childhood. Uh, I have a background in finance with a master's in business administration and accounting, and I work as a credit analyst by daytime, and by nighttime, I am a passionate dividend investor.
0: What is a credit analyst? This is the first question I have to ask.
1: Well, I work in a bank where I look at financial statements uh, every day. And uh, basically, I am deciding whether or not uh, the bank wants to uh, lend out money to the applicants. So this is a B2B credit department. So it means it's mainly businesses. So it's not as much private individuals. So it's really good for me because uh, I can uh, learn skills at work and then apply it for my own capital when I invest in my free time.
0: You, of all people, right, understand the value of of doing your research before. Investing, right? Because you're kind of that that middleman in the whole process. You see what companies have to do to be able to get a loan. And then you definitely see what companies, uh, what not to do when you get denied. So it kind of puts you in a a perfect space when you decide to make some moves of your own.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I think it's a really good mix. Uh, I I practice during daytime and getting paid for it and then <laughs> by nighttime I take some of that money and and I invest it and I make it grow. So that's really nice.
0: Where are you? Uh, where did you go to college and you said you've been investing since you've been interested in investing since you were a kid, but why?
1: Yeah, okay. So um, I'm from Denmark, which is in uh, Scandinavia. I went to University of Southern Denmark um and the reason why i started being in, interested in investing is because when i was about 8 or 10 my dad decided to give me a free share it was this share of uh, the uh, the biggest brewery in denmark called Carlsberg and uh, you might say today it's a bit weird to give a kid <laughs> a a alcoholic beverage uh, stock but uh, i i was hooked you know he he showed me these um yellow sites or pages in the news newspaper every day that you could see how the the price had got up and down this was before the internet so every morning i would you know run down the stairs when the newspaper arrived and look up the the stock section of the newspaper and see that oh i i made you know a few dollars or something and i would then slowly start i, I wasn't that old right so i would start calculating the the percentage of my um, of my the return in percentage and that took a little while and, you know, I would keep a scorecard and stuff like that. And I was just, it was so interesting. And, you know, the days it went up, it would be a really good days and even a good day, what I knew would be a good day could turn into a, a bad day if it went bad. Um, and I would say, you know, I don't have that stock uh, of Carlsberg still, but um, I don't know something... Uh, Kept with me because I really like their products today, so maybe that's why. And uh, <laughs> since then, it's you know, it's just evolved. Uh, I kept on, you know. Then my my dad taught me a little bit about investing, not a lot, but you know, I would keep hold of the, I would keep looking at the the stock market, and then um, after graduating, I would get a job in a in a bank, and that was a customer service, and uh, it just evolved from there.
0: Wow, your dad. Your dad sounds amazing. That I think that is, I think that's uh, uh, just transformative. Yeah, right? exactly. Something so small, but like sparking such an interest. And now you're a credit analyst, probably partially because you had that experience. Am I right?
1: Yeah. So I mean, thanks, Dad, and um, it's it's great. And uh, it, it was not about the gift. It was more about we really had good times together when he showed me how to look up in the newspaper. And and I, it's really true what you're saying. It, it's a gift and it sparked something. And um, I think everyone should try and do it with their own kids.
0: This Your dad gave you a stock and it sparked your interest. And now you have a very popular Instagram profile, right? I mean, you're probably in, uh, inspiring thousands of people Every day with your posts. Why did you I mean, that probably answers the question why you started Dividend Club. But how did that come about? Um, tell us about your Instagram a little bit. And I, I like that this story kind of ties into that because you're doing what your dad did on just a, it's a massive scale now.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that, I never really thought about that, but that's true. I guess I could be inspiring people like like my dad did. Uh, so I'm like uh, giving it away to other people. But if we go back a little bit in the beginning, like I said, I would just look at the share price and I would be excited when the share price went up and sad when the share price went down. And then throughout the next 10, 15 years or so, you know, my strategy evolved. I would start, uh, you know, go through uh, Warren Buffett and Benjamin Graham and the whole fundamental parts and, uh, you know, Mr. Market. And sometimes, like uh, Benjamin Graham says, Mr. Market can be uh, like a psychotic friend. Sometimes he's super happy and sometimes he's super sad. And (laughs) I started thinking that it's a bit strange that you are willing to deal with this uh, weird friend when he gives you uh, what you consider a good price to buy a stock but at the same time you are expecting this friend to uh, you you need this friend to sell at a higher price at some time but if you know that he has mood swings it's it's a bit it's it's a risky play right and then I started thinking you know what I'd actually just like to to look more at it from a business perspective so if you look at how can you make money on investing in good quality businesses without having to deal with the market, and that's where the dividends come in. Because when you invest in Coca-Cola and have a share of Coca-Cola, you 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 get a part of that business, and they know what they're doing, and they will give you a, a small dividend every year. And that's sort of where it uh, evolved to. And then I perfected that um strategy over the years and I decided to share it uh, on uh, dividend club on Instagram.
0: So how many I mean to today you have somewhere around like 88,000 followers, right? I mean that's a that's a yes. big following for it it's going to sound super simple, right? You're just sharing dividend stuff. But 88,000 shows that you're showing some kind of crazy value for people. Why do you think so many people are interested in, in seeing the content that you share?
1: Well, I mean, Instagram itself has been a journey for me. Um, I'm in, in my early 30s, and I started the uh, Dividend Club about two years ago. Uh, before that, I did have a personal uh, dividend, sorry, a personal Instagram account, but I never really used it. Um, I'm going to sound super old now, but I didn't really use Instagram before. So it's been a journey for me too, personally, learning about Instagram, learning about how to making posts and stuff like that. And then in terms of uh, why Dividend Club has become a popular account, I think it's because both because I have a lot of value to to add to the community and I make my own original posts. There's a lot of uh, accounts out there, you know, sharing generic posts and stuff like that. And then on, on top of that, um, it, I think a lot of millennials like the idea of passive income and they like the idea of uh, financial freedom. And I think that's what's uh, driven myself too. I, I don't particularly like the idea of having to work 40 years before retirement.
0: Your investing strategy plays more into like a long-term core value as opposed to playing the ebbs and flows of the market. Um, but speaking of when you're, t- when you do dividends, cause you said you're in Denmark, are you, are you investing in uh, companies over there? Like European stocks or are you investing over here in the U S like, where do you, where do you do your dividends?
1: Well, so the thing is that dividend investing, you can even niche down even further. And, um, For me, um, I like the particular niche called dividend growth investing. And that is when you choose companies that not only pay a dividend, but they also grow the dividend per share year on year. So um, if you look at how many companies that actually do that, uh, the vast majority are in U.S. So uh, that means that almost my entire portfolio is in the U.S. And and I think that's going to keep that way. I have tried researching why that is, and I can't come up with any real uh, solution either, or explanation rather than it's just how it is in the US that you, some companies at least tend to, to prioritize uh, the yearly increase in dividends very, very high uh, compared to European companies.
0: Can you just real just explain to us, could we use, we've been using this word the whole time, but I'm sure there's some people who don't know um, what a dividend is. Could you just really explain what a dividend is and what a dividend yield is?
1: Yes, yeah, sure. And just to, to get back to what you said for your UK listeners, uh, they do have some uh, good uh, dividend paying stocks uh, too. And they do have some with with uh, some yearly increases. It, it's just the 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 entire market in Europe is so small that it's difficult to to diversify properly. That the, the most of the dividend paying stocks in Europe uh, do not grow year on year. Maybe it will be the same for five years or, or maybe one year. They'll say, oh, we didn't do this well this year. We'll just cut the dividend by forty percent. And it's difficult to to build you know a budget around that. So uh, to get back to dividends, so so what is it really? Um, well, a dividend is the distribution from the company to the shareholders. So if you think of something, I guess everyone knows, it's McDonald's. And you can be a shareholder in McDonald's by buying a share. And they make money from flipping burgers and selling milkshakes, right? Or at least that's true for, for the corporate-run uh, McDonald's restaurants. They also do have franchises. But every time your friend spends twenty dollars at McDonald's, a tiny fraction of that would go to the dividend payment of the quarter. And I don't know about you, but I really think it's pretty cool to earn passive income when your friends go for a Big Mac. So, so that is effectively what dividends are. And then we talk about the dividend yield, and that's basically you could call it "quote unquote" the interest rate for um your for your dividend stock. So it's. A percentage, uh, like what you get interest rate on your bank account, but for when you invest in dividend stocks. And it's calculated by taking the dividend per share and divided by the share price. And, you know, for the listeners out there, this is a simple concept to remember. And I think you'll get uh, very far with this, especially if you're beginning with dividend investing. When the share price goes up, the yields go down. So if the share price goes up, the yield goes down. And the opposite is also true. When the share price go down, the yield goes up. And this, I think, will will help a lot of you uh, of the listeners understand the concepts uh, we are going to cover today. What,
0: there's some companies out there that have like a ten percent, twelve percent yield, and then you have companies like um, companies like McDonald's who have they have like a two percent yield. Could you could you talk to us about like what's a safe yield to go after? Like do if they're giving out ten percent, but they're not as established as like a McDonald's, can we still trust that, or should we stick to lower yields with companies that we know have been around for a long time? Like, where where is the margin of safety, and what should we be looking for?
1: Yeah, so so there's always, you know, a risk reward uh, play at at this, and uh, what you're basically asking about is the dividend safety. Uh, before going forward, uh, I think it's it's important to to remind everyone uh, a company is not obligated to pay a dividend. And because they paid a dividend in the past doesn't mean that they will pay one in the future. Um, and that's also why I like dividend growth companies, because they have a long track record of not only paying a dividend every year, but also increasing it. Even though it's not an, an obligation, I think it shows commitment. So back to the dividend safety, Um, one way to assess dividend safety is by looking at what you call the payout ratio. And the payout ratio basically shows how much of the earnings per share is paid out in dividends. If the payout ratio is above 100%, it basically means that they are paying out more in dividends than they are making. And just think of it from your own financial economy. If, if if you're spending more than you're earning each month, you need to, to you know, close the gap somehow, either by savings or by by uh, by borrowing money in the bank, right? And and no one can do that for a very long time. So you definitely want payout ratio below one hundred percent. Um sometimes there can be reasons why a single year above one hundred percent is okay um regarding high yields you mentioned 10 and 12 percent um sometimes uh, you know the market is uh, even though i said before can be like a psychotic friend of yours it can also be very efficient so if the price is down a lot the yield goes up so you could have a yield that's 10 or 12 percent that could also mean if uh, the if the market has looked at the payout ratio saying there's no way they can keep up this dividend going forward so we are already anticipating a dividend cut so if this company that pay has a 10 or 12% yield is deciding to cut the dividend per share by 90% then that 10 or 12% yield will all of a sudden turn into a 1% or 1.2% yield and when, yeah, when that happens, you will usually see the share price uh, f- uh, decreasing even more. And then that's why I really say it's important to look at quality companies first before looking at the yield, because you risk going for the high yields and thinking, I'll, I'll invest $1,000 in this company with a 10% yield. And then three months down the line, they will um, decrease, they will cut the dividend. And you will not have a ten percent yield anymore, and the capital, uh, the share price will have plummeted, maybe twenty or thirty percent. So you didn't get the twelve percent yield, and you lost thirty percent of your capital.
0: Wow, wow, yeah. that was a that was a lot, but that is super. That's really important. Wow. So knowing knowing whether the company is strong enough to keep on paying out a dividend plays into that dividend safety, then, right? That. When you yes. see ten percent, it's more about the company's ability to keep paying than it is about the actual yield, right? Is that what exactly. you, that what you meant?
1: Exactly. And um, I think I see that. Um, I, I should have uh, made like maybe the three most common mistakes, and maybe that's uh, an idea for a future post of mine. Um, I'll jot it down at least. But I mean, um, I see that very often with beginners. They will look at uh, high yielders. And they will also look at uh, how often they pay. So we haven't covered this, but the dividend frequency is how often they pay a dividend per year. So if there's um, most US stocks will pay quarterly, so that's four times a year. And some stocks will pay even monthly. And then there seems to be this idea, at least among some investors, that it's better to be paid monthly than quarterly. And that's true, but would you? Rather have, uh, you know, $1 every month, or would you rather have $4 every quarter? $4 every quarter is $16 a year, and $1 every month is $12 a year. So that's where I think it's more important to look at the dividend yield. And I agree, you need some kind of. balance between when you get paid, especially if you're going to rely on on your dividends for for income, if you don't have another income. But when you're starting out, most likely you're not going to be relying on the dividends because it's going to be relatively small in the beginning. So so the dividend uh, payment months, I would say, is not that important.
0: That's it for part one of this episode. Make sure you come back for part two of our interview with Morten Sorensen, the Dividend Master.